We have coaching staff changes to discuss, and it's time to put the Buffalo Bills interior defensive line under the microscope as we continue the performance review series. That and more is coming up today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Thursday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. And welcome to our YouTube audience today and moving forward. This podcast will also be available on YouTube so you can watch it in video form. It'll be posted daily, just like it is in your podcast feeds. And we're also going to do some exclusive stuff to YouTube, like Q&As and live mock drafts, things like that. So don't miss out. Make sure that you are subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to like this video and uh, help us reach more Bills fans. And I'm really excited about YouTube and everything that it offers to us and our ability to reach more people on a new platform. So join me. Would love you to uh, hit subscribe. Nothing changes on the audio side of things. The podcast will continue to be delivered daily like it always has, but now you can also watch it on YouTube. All right, let's talk about some of the coaching staff changes that have come through recently for the Buffalo Bills. We'll start with the most significant one, and that's Heath Farwell. The Bills' former special teams coordinator, he's now the special teams coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it's unclear at this point if Farwell's contract expired and he was free to sign elsewhere or if he was fired by the team. I personally thought Heath Farwell did a good job with the Bills' special teams units. And it feels like he's become the fall guy for a communication error on that last kickoff in regulation in the playoff loss to Kansas City. And I know that Sean McDermott has talked about this being an execution error, but we've since heard from different Bills players, and it sounds like the intent of that kick was for it to be squibbed, and somehow Tyler Bass didn't get the call. And I think that came down to a communication error from Heath Farwell. So I thought he had a good run with the team. Obviously, that's a big old black eye at the end, but I thought the Bills special teams were good under Heath Farwell, but he is no longer in the mix as the special teams coordinator, and his replacement is Matthew Smiley. And Smiley has been on the coaching staff since 2017, where he's been the assistant special teams coach. And prior to that, he was the assistant special teams coach with the Jaguars from 2013 through 2016. And so this guy has nine years as an assistant special teams coach in the NFL, and you'd have to think he'd be ready. And certainly the Bills are fully aware of what he offers, considering he's been on the team since 2017. So Heath Farwell is out, Matthew Smiley in as the Bills special teams coordinator. Now, there was also a couple of more changes to the coaching staff that I want to touch on very quickly. Uh, Kyle Shermer, son of former Browns and Giants head coach Pat Shermer, he's been added as a defensive quality control coach. He's only 25 years old. He played his college football as a quarterback at Vanderbilt, 
And then he went undrafted. He spent some time with the Chiefs, Bengals, and Washington. And he's clearly now turned his attention to coaching. And I think Buffalo is a good spot for him, given Sean McDermott and his father, Pat Shermer, have ties together dating back to their time in Philadelphia on Andy Reid's coaching staff. The Bills also lost assistant defensive line coach Jock Cesare, who has taken a job with the Houston Texans to be their defensive line coach under their newly hired head coach, Levy Smith. And so it's a promotion for Cesare. And um, I think we can expect the Bills to hire someone to be an assistant defensive line coach under Eric Washington. Let's talk about these defensive tackles. Let's put them under the microscope, just like we have for the other position groups. And I'm excited now to kind of flip over to the defensive side of the football. We had some really good conversations on the offensive side of things, going through each position group. Then we had a chance to kind of extend some of those questions to Nate Geary um, as part of our podcast this week. And now we can flip over to the defensive side of the football. Let's start with Ed Oliver, a 2019 first-round pick, number nine overall. He's 24 years old. He turns 25 in December, and he's entering year four of his four-year $19.6 million deal. And the Bills are now in position where they have to make a decision on his fifth-year option for 2023, and they'll have to make that decision I think sometime before early May. And the cost of that is a fully guaranteed $10.1 million for Ed Oliver in 2023, to which I say it's a no-brainer. Absolutely a no-brainer. This is a decision that the Bills should make, especially considering how much Ed Oliver has grown and what he showed us this year. As far as his 2021 statistical output, uh, Ed Oliver played in 17 games with 17 starts. Collected 41 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, four sacks, 40 total pressures, and a pass rush win percentage of 14.9, which is ninth highest in the NFL among all defensive tackles. As far as his 2021 review goes, I think he had his best season to date. With that one tech spot stabilized, right, with Star coming back. With Harrison Phillips coming into his own, we saw the best from Ed Oliver. And if there is a player that I feel the best about on this defensive line, it's Ed Oliver. His presence was felt all year long. He impacted football games. He showed up in the playoffs. Oh, by the way, he's only 25 or 24 years old, excuse me. He just turned 24. And I've said this before in the podcast, and I feel the need to bring it up again. When we consider Ed Oliver and his path so far in the NFL, we have to remember that he played at a, at a mid-major, right, Houston, and he played nose tackle in an odd front defense, very different to playing three technique on an even front defense. And so not only is it a major jump up in level of competition, but it's a different position and it's just a different ball game having to go up against NFL players compared to, you know, guys from Memphis and Tulsa, you know, the players that he's going up against in the AAC. And so when you consider the, the jump, you consider how he's played, you consider that he's only 24 years old. I'm very excited about Ed Oliver and him being 
an answer for this football team moving forward. So as for my 2022 outlook, I'm looking for Ed Oliver to take another step. I want him to make even more plays. I want him to continue developing and leave no doubt that this guy is the answer at three tech for this defense. I mean, I'm fully satisfied with his growth, and I think he can continue developing into an even more impactful defensive playmaker for the Bills' defense. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to learn more about the trends and the action because BetOnline is where the game starts. The next player I want to get to is Harrison Phillips, a 2018 third-round pick, number 96 overall. He's 26 years old. He turns 27 in January, and his contract is expired. He completed his four-year, $3.3 million rookie contract, and now the Bills have a decision to make. Pro Football Focus estimates that Harrison Phillips will sign a two-year, $12 million contract with $7.25 million guaranteed. And I think that's a pretty fair projection as to where I think his contract is going to land. I think on the low end, it might be four, four and a half uh, average per season, and I think it could push up to six. And so I, that's kind of what I expected from the market for Harrison Phillips. And so the Bills will have to make a decision on whether or not they're going to pay him that. As for his 2021 statistical production, Harrison Phillips played in 14 games with eight starts, collected 51 tackles, four tackles for loss, one sack, 21 total pressures on the quarterback, and a pass rush win percentage of 10.7. As for his review, I mean, he came into his own, especially as a run defender, and he paired very well with Ed Oliver. And Ed Oliver and Harrison Phillips to me, they both played the best football of their careers late in the season together on the field at the same time. And we also have to talk about the impact that Harrison Phillips makes off the field. I mean, this was the Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee for the Buffalo Bills. He's great for the community, and he's a leader in the locker room. I mean, you have to love the way that he has come on as a football player, and as a person in the community. And the conversation around Harrison Phillips, for me, has really changed. Because going into the season, I had low expectations. I mean, early on, he wasn't even active for every game. He was a healthy scratch at times early this season. And then he turned it on. He, he got his opportunity and played extremely well. And so now I'm thinking about, oh boy, well, <laughs> what do the Bills have to do to extend this guy? So credit to him for completely changing that narrative, at least for me. So as for my 2022 outlook, my question is, can the Bills make it work? I love how he stabilized the one-tech position and how great he is for the community. And I'd love to have him back, 
but it's got to be a situation where the team and the player agree on value. This is Harrison Phillips' big opportunity to get paid. I mean, a third-round pick has had injuries in college, has had injuries in the NFL. He's going to be 27 at the end of the season. I mean, this is kind of his his chance, right? I'm sure he's going to want to make a few bucks. And so can the Bills and Harrison Phillips come to terms on value? And I hope they can because I think he'd be a, a good player to bring back and continue working with next to Ed Oliver. The next player I want to get to is Starlo Tulele, a 2018 free agent signing. He's 32 years old. He turns 33 in December, and he has two years remaining on his three-year, $18.6 million contract. And look, this is a difficult contract to talk about because it's still a difficult contract for the Bills to really do anything with. They could release him after June 1st, and they will accumulate $5.1 million in dead cap this year, $2.6 million in dead cap for 2023, and it creates $4.1 million in cap savings for this year. So there's an opportunity here, but it's not like a massive opportunity to really clear some cap space. So it's complicated. In 2021, as far as his statistical production, he played in 11 games with eight starts, had 17 tackles, four tackles for loss, three sacks, 14 total pressures, and a pass rush win percentage of 11.8. As for his 2021 review, I mean, he had his moments, especially early on, but he had various injuries. He got COVID and he just became a bit unreliable down the stretch. And even Brandon Bean confirmed that COVID really impacted him later in the season and that he had a tough bout with it and he never really recovered. And so that definitely impacted him, which was a nice explanation. Obviously, you hate to hear that four star, but considering the drop off in play, it's nice to know that there was a contributing factor that we can point to. So there was some to like from Star in 2021, but Still something to be desired in my mind. So as for my 2022 outlook, my question is, is he back? At this point in his career, I think we can understand that Star is a rotational one-tech, a very reasonable player. But I thought Harrison Phillips was better than him this year. So I think Star can bring some value to the team, but his contract is challenging. That said, the Bills might not have much of a choice but to kind of bring him back and work him into the rotation. Now, if that's the case, hopefully it's pre-COVID star for the entire season. But, I mean, he's been anything but reliable of late for the Buffalo Bills. The next player I want to get to is Vernon Butler, a 2020 free agent signing. He's 27 years old. He turns 28 in June. His contract is expired. He completed his two-year, $15 million deal with the team. In 2021, he played in 10 games with one start, collected 11 tackles, zero tackles for loss, zero sacks, nine total pressures, and a pass rush win percentage of 7.9. As far as his 2021 review goes, I have the word disappointment written down. This was a bad contract for the Bills. 
his impact across two seasons has been minimal. I mean, the Bills elevated practice squad defensive tackles and played them over a healthy Vernon Butler. And to me, that says everything. I understand that he has physical gifts, and there's a reason he was a first-round pick, but he has not developed into a good football player at the NFL level. To me, he is replacement-level depth that the Bills paid like a meaningful piece of the defensive line rotation. So my 2022 outlook for Vernon Butler is that I don't expect him to be back, and good luck. Fortunately for Vernon Butler, is he's made a lot of money. He's made over $21 million in career earnings so far as a former first-round pick and the contract that the Bills gave him. But I'm not sure what type of opportunity is realistically going to come his way. I'm not sure what the market would be for a guy like Vernon Butler. Is there any expectation that he can be a meaningful player for a defense right now? Maybe that's going to be in Houston where Jock Cesare is now the defensive line coach and he likes something that he saw in Vernon Butler. But I'm guessing there won't be a, a significant opportunity in line for, for Butler and obviously a, a bad contract for the Bills and his, uh, his run with the team is likely over. Let's move on to Justin Zimmer, a 2020 free agent signing. He's 29 years old. He turns 30 in October. His contract is expired. He completed his two-year $1.7 million deal and is now a restricted free agent. In 2021, in terms of his stats, six games played, no starts, eight tackles, two for loss, one sack, nine total pressures, and a pass rush win percentage of 12.4. So as for my 2021 review on Justin Zimmer, I like him. He's an athletic pass rusher that has brought some good value behind Ed Oliver at three technique. And I kind of like some of the looks on passing downs where the, the Bills had Oliver and Zimmer on the field together. Unfortunately, the, the season ended for Zimmer after six games with that ACL tear. But I do think that he can be a sufficient fourth defensive tackle. So for my 2022 outlook, it's challenging. We have to be honest about Justin Zimmer. I mean, this guy has been in the NFL since 2017. He's played in 21 games with no starts. Now, I fully recognize that he's made an impact for the Bills over the last two seasons. But he also turns 30 this year and is coming off of a major knee injury. So what can you realistically count on from Justin Zimmer? I think that's a fair question to ask, especially if you think he's going to come back and be your primary backup to Ed Oliver. I'm not sure that is a reasonable explanation, expectation or how you should view him. I think he should be in the mix, but counting on him to be that primary backup to Ed Oliver, I think is is misguided, right? It's it's not a, a sound thought to have regarding him giving his age and coming off of the injury and that the Bills need to have a good backup to Ed Oliver. And that's something we'll talk about in just a minute, but I think you can have Justin Zimmer in the mix. I don't think you can count on him to be that guy. The last guy to get to here is Eli Anquo, a 2021 free agent signing, 27 years old. He turns 28 in June. As far as his contract goes, 
he signed a one-year, $1 million futures deal. And I was happy to see that happen because when we talked about that initial wave of future signings, he wasn't part of the mix. And I thought he had earned that opportunity, but was kind of concerned that maybe he wanted an actual contract from a team that maybe suggested that he had a better chance of making the squad. But I really like what Anquo gave this team last year, and I'm glad that he's going to continue having a chance to make the roster in 2022. As for his 2021 statistical output, he played in five games with no starts, collected nine tackles, one tackle for loss, one sack, had one total pressure, and a pass rush win weight, win percentage Excuse me, of 2.1. As far as his 2021 review goes, I mean, the first thing I have written down is that he played over Vernon Butler as a practice squad player. That's pretty significant. I think he's a great guy to have on the practice squad to be able to call up and fill in for 15 or 20 snaps in a game if necessary. And when you listen to him talk, it sounds like he's enjoyed being part of the team, fits in with the culture, fits in with the locker room, and is a very reasonable practice squad player that you can call up if needed. So for my 2022 outlook, I hope he's back on the practice squad and ready to go in that break glass in case of emergency type situation. I don't think he's ideally one of your top four defensive tackles that's on your active roster, but obviously a guy that you love to have in your back pocket to call up and help you get through a game or two playing a, a limited amount of snaps because I think he can be a reasonable player in that type of a role and obviously you're familiar with him and you know exactly what he's going to offer your football team so as for my overview on the Bills defensive tackle situation I think first we have to acknowledge what they do have I think they have a budding star in Ed Oliver they have a reasonable but unreliable one tech in star low to Lele they have an expired contract in Harrison Phillips that is a complicated situation they have an easy-to-let-walk guy in Vernon Butler. And then you have Justin Zimmer as a restricted free agent coming off injury at 30 years old. And then Eli Anquo as that very reasonable practice squad fifth defensive tackle. The reality here is that the Bills could have one or two new pieces to this group that play meaningful snaps. I think that this position group is absolutely in play for the Bills in the first round of the draft and in free agency. Right now, you have Oliver and Starr under contract as rosterable players. Anquo, I view as a practice squad guy. So you need a backup three-tech and a one-tech that you're willing to play quite a bit behind Starr and alongside at Oliver on passing downs. You have a lot of snaps available right now. Now, if Harrison Phillips comes back, then you can reduce that need to only a backup three technique. But even if Ed Oliver plays 60 or 65% of his snaps, which he hasn't to this point, I think he topped out this year at 58%, which was the highest of his career, you've got a lot of snaps to be claimed. And I think that the Bills will prioritize this. We know that they will. I mean, they gave... Vernon Butler, that contract that they did. Remember the Quentin Jefferson contract? They've been trying to get the right mix here on this interior, and it hasn't 
exactly gone that well. But I do think that the Bills have some answers now in what Ed Oliver is, what Harrison Phillips is, what star can be. And now it's about figuring out who's back and how you are going to address the depth accordingly. And I do think that the Bills should be thinking about if they don't bring Harrison Phillips back, somebody to upgrade at one tech. And maybe that's a player that plays behind star this year, but takes over as a starter next year. But if you don't bring Harrison Phillips back, you need to find that player. And even so, if you bring Harrison Phillips back, you still need to find a player that you think can back him up. Potentially. If you move on from star after June 1st. So a complicated situation here. I do think it's fair to want more from this group. And because of that, to be open to some new options to go with Ed Oliver to make this unit more disruptive. But I think the most important takeaway here is that Ed Oliver is coming into his own and he's showing the promise of being a top 10 pick. And I'm excited to see what he looks like in year four because I think he can be that disruptive three tech to provide interior pressure on the quarterback and really give this Bills defense what they're looking for from that position. We saw it really come on last year. I expect it to be even better in 2022. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Again, thanks so much for joining me on YouTube. If this is uh, where you chose to consume the podcast today and moving forward, I'm, I'm really excited to be on this new platform and be able to reach a lot more people and do some fun live content as well. And of course, if you listen to me on the podcast feed like you normally do, thank you so much. And nothing is going to change on that side of things. But I do kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Looking forward to tomorrow where we are going to put the defensive end group under the microscope and really examine what the Bills have. Obviously, the three young players and the three expiring contracts. So a good discussion is coming your way tomorrow. Don't miss it. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.